Ever wonder the true power of sports? Well, you come to the right place. Welcome to the Sports for Social Impact podcast. I'm David Thibodeau, and I believe that by exploring the intersection between sport and society, we can better leverage the sport industry for maximum impact. We explore what sports true power is to understand the impacts on and the impacts of sports on society. Join me as we learn how sports can influence important policy areas such as the environment, transportation, education, and so much more. So in this episode, we talked to Oliver Lebleu, who is the co-founder of Jukes, which is a free app that you can download on your phone that allows you to discover more than 300 cities around the world while running, walking, cycling, or wheelchairing. This app vocally guides you through the city and comments on the remarkable points that you pass along the way. So Jukes is a combination of a voice, GPS, and, and an audio guide, and it's available in eight different languages. Now this, this platform was super innovative, and I think it's incredible that they um, you know, really trying to get people to explore new cities in different ways, you know, using, using their own two feet um, on bikes or, or on wheels. Uh, so it's it's super fascinating to learn about how they how they come up with routes, how they work with cities, how they work with or different organizations to create these routes, and um, and there's a lot of different features in the app, you know, air quality information for one, which was super important, super interesting to see happen. So I was able and I was able to use the app a couple times before for um, uh, posting this episode. Uh, so just in my hometown, you know, the city where I live and, and a city that I recently traveled to. And it was really interesting. You know, the app was great. Um, I was able to learn things that I hadn't learned before or hadn't heard of before. Um, and yeah, it was super, super interesting to be able to use this app and, and interact with these places in, in different ways that I hadn't, you know, hadn't done before. So super interesting. And I hope that you know, this, this, uh, inspires, this conversation inspires people to innovate a little bit more with sport and sport tourism. The news for this episode is a little bit of an update to something something that we shared earlier on a few weeks ago. I think it was at the end of March or early April, um, that we shared about the sports for nature challenge. So this, this challenge was run by, uh, think sport sales, sales of change, and a few other organizations. Basically, it was a call out for sport organizations to apply in three different categories. Uh, if they're working in biodiversity protection, like biodiversity conservation, um, and nature. So they announced their winners. So th- there were 70 applications for this, for this challenge. There are 10 finalists and three ultimate winners. So the three ultimate winners the first one was We Play Green under the Impactful Campaigns category for their player program that inspires and assists football players to help mobilize the football family to support the green shift. There is Red Knot Racing under the Innovative Infrastructure category for their sustainable infrastructure and sport tourism solutions for biodiversity conservation on Mount Kilimanjaro. And Dimpora under the smart technology category for having developed the first high-performance membranes that are not only PFA-free, but also circular. 
So each of these three winners received 10,000 Swiss francs, while the other finalists received 3,000 Swiss francs. So I, you know, I think it's really awesome that there was 70 applications for this competition um, and 10 finalists. Uh, you know, you can go to the article and, and read more about the the three top finalists. But I think this is really inspiring and you know, um, really opens the door on what what sport can do and how sport can move more into biodiversity conservation and uh, protecting nature. So that is the news for today. And now we will get back to the episode. Welcome to my guest today, Oliver Lebleu, who is co-founder of Jukes. Uh, Oliver, thank you so much for joining me. And why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Okay, well, uh, thank you very much for having me. Uh, my name is Oliver, Oliver Lebleu. I, um, I'm actually a Belgian, living in France. Um, and uh, I created uh, the, uh, the company uh, with the idea of Jukes in mind six or seven years ago, uh, after traveling all around the world, including Canada and North America and well, pretty much everywhere, uh, um, because I really wanted to be able to uh, run at the time anywhere I was staying in, either for business purposes or for weekends. And um, so I have a, a background in marketing, in technology in general. I've, been, I've always worked in technology and um, a lot of traveling. Awesome. So, so tell us more about this, the app. Tell us more about uh, Jukes. Jukes. Okay. Well, Jukes is an app which basically the concept is very, very simple. Uh, Jukes allows you to visit uh, more than 300 cities today around the world while running, walking, cycling, or in a wheelchair. So, the app basically gui- vocally guides you through the city. For example, the last city I, I ran into uh, in Canada was Vancouver um, and comments every point of interest as you go past. So it will tell you 30 seconds about the, uh, the museum, the, uh, you know, a point of view uh, about somebody famous who lived, worked or, um, you know, died in, in, in the city. Uh, will tell you about fun facts about the city. Um, and we do this in um, 10 different languages. Um, so that, you know, a Brazilian who wants to uh, run in Paris or a, a Belgian who wants to walk in uh, in New York or a Japanese who wants to ride a bike in, uh, I don't know, in Lisbon can do all of this in their own language or in the language of the country they're in if they want to learn the language. Amazing. Yeah. So so you build yourself as a, as a sport tourism experience. So what yes. what, what exactly does that does that mean and what does that look like to to your vision and or like in your vision i guess well our vision is that well it's not our vision it's basically the, the world health organization and and companies and parents telling us that we're not moving enough we're not being active enough uh in in our lives today mm-hmm. um and it's all the more true for younger people um but basically we, we wanted to be able to, at the same time, you know, my example is, is really why I, I started this app is I was traveling all around the world. And funnily enough, out of the 200 hotels I stayed in before creating the app, 
only two were capable of telling me where to go running because I like to go running when I'm visiting a place, um, you know, to keep in shape, but also to enjoy to be able to visit the city in as little time as I can. Um, and basically, the um, none of the hotels were capable of telling me where to go running or even walking in, you know, in the neighborhood to discover the city. So I looked for a solution. I couldn't find one. And so with my co-partner, we created Jukes. And the aim is basically to use the little time you have when you're traveling for business purposes, for a weekend break or holidays, you have a bit more time, but you don't always have the time to prepare, um, you know, because by nature, you don't know the cities that you're going to as, as a visitor. And we wanted to use that little time to be able to get people to see them as much as they could while exercising. And exercising can be, you know, riding a bike. It can be running, which are both very efficient to discover a city because it takes little time. But it can also be, you know, uh, just walking around instead of taking the public transport or, or um, a taxi and everything. And we basically wanted to bring together being active and, you know, it's, it's basically uh, helping your, your body and your brain being in better shape at the same time. Amazing. Yeah, I definitely have, you know, from my own experiences when I'm traveling that, you know, walking and biking, I prefer biking. I don't so much just enjoy running around, but biking and walking for me, I def I find it a better way to connect with those cities as well, right? So it's a, exactly. it's a it's a better way, you know, if I'm in a car, you drive right past it. If you're in a public transit, you also tend to drive, you know, to go right past it or in a subway, you go underneath it entirely. Um, but yeah, so, you know, yeah, biking and walking and running, you, it's much, and, you know, taking the, you know, using your, using your wheelchair, it's much easier to connect with the city and look at these spaces and really take them in for what they are and, um, and really experience the city for everything that it has to offer. So, exactly. yeah. And I mentioned we, we don't exercise enough, but at the same time, we don't take enough time. And, you know, doing a, um, a car visit of a city, you're right, you don't connect with the city as much. You don't see as much. And you have a completely different point of view. And, um, you know, there's, um, I don't know if you know about, um, um, there's a famous uh, runner who's won pretty much all the races. Um, uh, it's um, Kilian Jornet, he's a Spanish uh, racer. He said, well, there's no better way to, to discover a city, a city than to run within that city. And it's true for with while biking, it's true while walking. So yeah, we thought it was a, a good way. So it's good for you, it's good for the planet as well. Mm -hmm. uh, because you don't, you know, you don't impact the planet today while you're running, walking or biking or in a wheelchair. Well, if you use even public transport, you do have an impact. Yeah. So it's also a good reason for um for doing it, Absolutely. you know, using those abilities. Excellent point. Excellent point. And so just on that on that topic, I did notice that you also plant trees for or um you, for every every one hundred kilometers that your users run or walk or bike or however they get around, you plant some trees yep. or a tree. So what why why do you do that? Like how how do you how did you determine that this was an important part of your vision? Or well, what you to do. Yeah. we um, the reason why we did it is um, I don't know if you know, but when you run, 
you absorb 12 times, 12 times more air than when you walk. And so, of course, you absorb 12 times more bad air than when you walk. I was going to say something which is not very, uh, very <laughs> polite, but anyway. Um, so we thought, well, we don't, as a company, we don't have a huge impact on the uh, on the planet because we're a services company. Um, you know, all we do is develop with computers, and of course, we have a a social and environmental charter that you know is is pretty strict and and interesting. But we thought that we could, you know. Um, we could do something for the planet by, as you say, planting a tree through a nonprofit organization uh, every 100 kilometers done, done by our community. For example, in December, we planted 5,000 trees, of course, in places that need it. Canada and France are not places that need trees planted, but, you know, we planted them in uh, Madagascar and uh, Indonesia uh, through that uh, nonprofit organization. But also, we ask our users to pick up some litters on the way if they want to. There's no obligation, no, uh, you know. Um, so because we thought it was important uh, to, you know, do our little thing for the planet. And whenever we travel, we compensate our uh, CO2 emissions. Uh, so as a company, we compensate our, our CO2 emissions, uh, you know, when we travel by train or plane or whatever. Uh, because we all live in that one planet. We're not extremists, but we think that it's important. And then we also realize that a lot of our users are using our app only because they know that we're planting a tree every 100 kilometers, they run, walk, or cycle. Um, they only, some of them even use our app only because we ask them to pick up some garbage on the way. Hmm. Well, they, you agree with me that they can do it without the app, but it's just being reminded, especially for the garbage, it's just being reminded to do it, which forces, well, would push pushes them to, to use our app, which is very strange, but we're happy about it. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. And, and, you know, that, 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 you know, the, that the runners want to use that app for that specific reason that, that they feel that it, I guess they're connected and part of that bigger, wider community that, that are doing, you know, good through their, you know, their traveling while they're, while, or, you know, their sport tourism experiences. <laughs> that That's, uh, yes. that's really awesome. So I guess like, so how do you, how do you go about setting up your routes? Like, do you work a lot with the local governments or is it more with private uh, organizations here, you know, tourism organizations in, in cities and stuff? Like, how do you, how do you go about setting them, them up? Okay. Well, we uh, first we choose. Um, there, there were two phases in uh, in the company. The first one is initially when we started, we created routes all around the world in fifty five countries at the beginning to create the offer to get people to use Jukes. And now we're working with contracts. Uh, so, for example, one of the latest contracts we signed was with the city of Luxembourg in Luxembourg, the capital of Luxembourg. And they ask us to create some tools in in the city to develop their um, their tourism, to get their residents and tourists to be more active, but also to help their local uh, shops to generate more business. And so when we have to create a tool ourselves, we have developed technology which allows us to create um, you know tools all around the world 
uh, from our offices here in France. So we, we've kind of pushed the technology to be able to do them and test them remotely. And, you know, I've, I've run in Osaka recently in Japan without getting lost in a country our content creators never went to, uh, which I didn't know. And, you know, I started from my hotel, came back to my hotel without any problems and I have a very, very bad sense of direction. Um, so that's the first way we do it. And then the second way, when we have a contract, we also work with the local government or company or, uh, or um, you know, sometimes non-profit organization to create the best tool uh, that can be. So they give us the uh, local information, you know, especially it's very, very easy to, to, to do tours with, um, you know, the big landmarks. What is much more difficult is to do a tour which is very, very peculiar, going into the that little street that nobody knows. And and uh, and there we work with the uh, local, um, our local clients to do this. Amazing. So do, I don't know if you could share this, but how, how many users do you have? Like how many downloads of the app you have? Okay, well, we don't look at the downloads. Uh, what we care about are the active users. And we have about 300,000 active users in on the app. Um, amongst those, uh, about 15% are in North America, 70% um, in, um, in Europe, and then the rest all around the world in Japan, Brazil, Israel, South Africa are the big big countries outside of uh, Europe and North America. America. Very, very cool. Yeah. So do you, do you see yourself expanding more into the outside of Europe market as well? Because I know that I, when you're just looking at the cities that you have listed, the, the majority are in Europe, which is, you know, obviously yes. incredible for people who are traveling there, but um, mm. you know, the, the rest of the, the rest of the world, do you, do you expect to expand? Yes. Definitely. This is part of the uh, the plans. We've uh, just um, done a, a, a fundraising rounds and uh, the objective is to expand. Um, the objective is to expand to uh, mainly North America and Africa. But we have quite a lot of tools in uh, in Australia in uh, you know, in Asia already, um, you know, in South America. Uh, as I mentioned, in, in Canada, we have... Uh, uh, we have, well, we only have five cities in Canada, yeah. but it's, you know, it will grow. Um, and I, I do admit it's not enough in Canada. Um, but yeah, you know, typically a country like Canada could, could have maybe a hundred or 150 cities in the app because there's always something to discover in, in the tiniest village, um, you know, in, in Alberta, in Alberta or, uh, or, or Quebec or whatever. So um, yeah, it's um, we could afford much more tours all around the world. That's amazing. Yeah. So I, I I think this is a really interesting project that's that's combining sport and tourism in in a really interesting way and you know sort of getting people to be yeah active when they're traveling and I think it's amazing what you're doing and you know how you're innovating in the space and and trying to push uh, the conversation a little bit to make it more accessible to everybody. With, um, and and I guess yeah yeah I think I think it's really incredible work that you're doing. So thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing. Um, those are all the questions that I had to ask you. Um, but I do always like asking my or my my guests at the very end um, if you have any last messages that you like to share with everybody listening. 
Well, I think we, of course, would be happy to expand more in 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 Canada, in North America. And one other thing you mentioned um, for everyone, I think this is a term which we we like to use, um, especially the inclusion term, because our app, you know, uh, allows us to get more women also uh, running, walking, cycling, because there's a deficit of sports uh, for women. Um, and we have 51% of our um, user base, which are female, um, with uh, people who have a handicap. Uh, we get people to visit those cities in, in a wheelchair as well. And we've started, uh, we presented at the uh, CES in Las Vegas, a, um, a prototype of the app for blind people, um, because we really want to include everyone um, in that you know, in that drive towards more activity, more tourism, um, more knowledge, mm -hmm. basically. Amazing. Actually, I have a follow-up question to that. <laughs> why, do, why do you think that uh, it's so that this that you know the, that this idea that this app is so engaging for women? Like, why do you think you have fifty percent, fifty-one percent of of your users being women? Well, I'm not entirely sure, but I think that men are much more um, interested in performance than women. Um, and the app is not a performance app at all. Mm. Of course, we do have some, you know, virtual races and everything, but, and you can time yourself and everything, but, you know, there are so many great performance apps like Strava or RunKeeper or Nine Plus or those kind of things. We provide an experience and usually women are much more um, interested in experiences than in performance. That's one reason. The second reason is that we've also integrated well, the tools that we create, we try to have, um, we try to make them safe. And women are very often scared of running or walking or cycling alone because, you know, they don't want to be trapped uh, on a tour or to land in an unsafe place. And one, it's safe. Secondly, it's also safe from an environmental point of view, because I don't know if you noticed, but we um, we publish the the um, the quality of air and of allergens on every tour in real time. So women are much more aware of their health um, than than men usually, and therefore that these are the three reasons why I think that the app is uh, is very um, is is very much used by women. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Well. Well, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Olivier. I really appreciated it. And I thought it was very interesting to, to learn about, to learn about this space more and, and hopefully, um, you know, you keep, you keep growing and you keep reaching new cities and, and, you know, you keep, you keep uh, encouraging people to get out and get active while they're traveling the world. Exactly. Thank you very much. Thank you once again to Oliver for coming on the podcast to talk about Jukes. I think it's really amazing uh, this initiative that he's working on and the whole team that the whole team is working on. And I hope it keeps growing and I hope it keeps expanding um, because I think it's a really great way of connecting people to cities. And I've talked about it before on the podcast that, uh, you know, it's more human level, right? So walking and cycling around is more human level and it helps connect people with the cities more. So it's, I think it's really cool that we're thinking about it more in a, in a tourist, in a sport tourism way, rather than just the city in which you live.
Now, this this episode really reminded me of a new segment we did a few weeks ago on the intersection of sport and fitness and tech. Um, I think this is a really good example of a tech and fitness uh, initiative that is that is really impactful, that will have a positive impact on how people experience the city, how people experience uh, their their travels. And, and I think that there's a lot of space for innovation like this with sport and tech. So that's my kind of takeaway from this episode, um, you know, that we need to keep innovating, that we need to keep pushing the, the, uh, the boundaries for, for fitness and tech and, you know, moving into that space more and discover these new ways of using technology to enhance people's experiences of cities and of sport. So that is it for me for today. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk with you next time.